Good afternoon. Welcome to the City Club of Cleveland, where we are devoted to conversations of consequence that help democracy thrive. It's Wednesday, March 23rd. My name is Will Tarter, co-chair of the City Club of Cleveland Debate Committee, and I'd like to welcome you to today's forum. Last year, Cuyahoga County Executive Armin Budish announced he would not run for re-election, launching a race for who would be just the third person to hold the seat in the new county executive structure. Home to 1.2 million people, Cuyahoga County has a rich history and is home to some of the nation's leading public, private, and nonprofit institutions. The winner of the general election will play a large role in determining its future. Leading up to the 2022 primary election, the City Club of Cleveland will be speaking with all three candidates running for Cuyahoga County Executive. Last week, we heard from Democratic candidate Chris Ronane, and today we feature Republican candidate Lee Weingart. Lee Weingart founded LNE Group in 2002, a transatlantic government advocacy firm. Mr. Weingart served in various public and private positions, including two years as county commissioner in Cuyahoga County beginning in 1995. After leaving his position as county commissioner, Lee held senior executive and sales positions with regional and international technology companies. Mr. Weingart received his JD from the George Washington University National Law Center in 1991 and a BA in economics and management from DePaul University in 1988. And today, he is here to explain his platform and why he deserves your vote. Members and friends of the City Club of Cleveland, please join me in welcoming Lee Weingart. Well, thank you very much for coming out today on Wednesday. I'm reminded this is my fourth time speaking to you at the City Club, but it's been 25 years since I've done it. I remember November 5th, 1996, like it was yesterday. It was my re-election as Cairo County Commissioner. I was running on a successful term as Commissioner. I'd found a $114 million budget loss and turned it into a $40 million budget surplus without raising taxes. I led the charge to bring the Browns back to Cleveland. Cow County was prospering, adding people and jobs. We were number one in Ohio. The early returns that night were promising, and the race was close. But as the Eastside precincts came in, the race slipped away. I lost by 25,000 votes out of more than half a million votes cast. I lost narrowly that night, but thought I just might come back. Since then, I've grown a family. My wife of 28 years, Caroline, is here today. As I am running to fix Cuyahoga County, Caroline has started a nut-free bakery because one in 10 children in America has a nut allergy or nut sensitivity. And you cannot find reliably nut-free products anywhere in Cuyahoga County, at least not yet. You see, we both jump in feet first when we see problems. So please excuse my plug 
for her bakery. I'm very proud of my wife and a few pounds heavier as her test taster in chief. I founded and have run one of the largest combined federal and state of government affairs firms in Ohio called LNE Group. Named for our three children, Lizzie, Ned, and Ethan, and Ned is here today. Over the last 20 years, we have advocated on many important causes. We secured more than $100 million for renewable energy, innovation, and job creation projects in Cuyahoga County, like the wind turbine down at Case Western Reserve University. I work with County Commissioner Peter Lawson-Jones to win $4 million to fund the Cuyahoga County's Fatherhood Initiative, which helps reunite fathers with their children. Work with then-Treasurer Jim Rokakis to create the Cuyahoga County Land Bank, which has made our city and county safer by eliminating abandoned properties that were serving as drug houses and by creating thousands of opportunities for green space and affordable private housing in the city and the county. I brought a better voting system to Cuyahoga County, which both expands voter access and ensures the integrity of the voting process. Last year, I helped minority businesses secure about $400,000 in uh, federal and state pandemic relief funding. I won a million dollars from Senator Sherrod Brown for the United Black Fund and Karamu House, and half a million dollars from the Ohio General Assembly for the YWCA and Karamu. I work with Ben and Elaine Goldston, who are here today, to put a new roof on the Harvard Community Services Center in Ward 1 of Cleveland, and funded the renovation of a Glenville house with Fred Ward, also here today, that can become transitional supportive housing for men returning from the state prison system. That's more than $2 million in funding for minority businesses and minority-led organizations in just a few months. This work has informed my decision to re-enter public life. It's the focus of my campaign for county executive. Expanding private home ownership, growing small business and entrepreneurship, and creating safer and more welcoming communities in the county. Before deciding to run for county executive, I talked to more than 100 people and read more than two dozen books. Three of these books, The Color of Law, Evicted, and The New Jim Crow, had the greatest influence on my vision for a better Cuyahoga County. I also studied similar counties to Cuyahoga in the Midwest. Despite Cuyahoga County having the biggest budget, the most government employees, we were, by comparison, the most unemployed, the poorest, the hungriest, the most segregated, and the least safe. I dug deeper and discovered that we're also among the most highly taxed counties in the country. Of 3,200 counties in America, only 144 have higher property taxes than Cuyahoga County. And we have the highest sales tax of any county in Ohio. We pay far too much and get too little in return from our county government. If there were ever a county in need of change, it is Cuyahoga County. I'm running for county executive to bring that change, 
As county executive, I will focus on the needs of the people, not the government. I will fund core programs, and I will introduce bold new ideas to address poverty, unemployment, hunger, hopelessness, inequality, and crime. To paraphrase Hubert Humphrey, a community can be best measured by how it treats its most marginalized citizens. Those at the dawn are children. Those in the twilight are seniors. And those in the shadows, the outcast, the addicted, and the incarcerated. These are the people Cuyahoga County serves every day. They've been neglected and marginalized by county government for 25 years. That all changes next year when I become county executive. I'm not offering you today a series of bromides, generalities, and platitudes like one of the other candidates did here last week. Cleveland.com rightly called his agenda for the county mush. Actually, they called it mush, mush, mush. Have a listen to the Today in Ohio podcast last Thursday, March 17, at the 13-minute mark, and judge for yourself. My plan for the county is called Cuyahoga 2030. It's a comprehensive approach to make county government more responsive to the needs of its citizens. You can find the entire plan at www.weingart2022.com. There are four pillars to Cuyahoga 2030. First, grow the county economy. Second, make Cuyahoga County safer. Third, reduce the burden of county government. And fourth, make county government work better for its citizens. Let me share some highlights with you of those pillars. Grow the Cuyahoga County economy. We must get our economy growing again. We find ourselves today the same place Cleveland did in the early 1980s, moribund and shrinking. Back then, a group of civic leaders, led by Dick Pogue, who is here today in the audience, rallied, <laughs> rallied to save the city of Cleveland. They marshaled resources and focused them on Cleveland. It's such a remarkable story that the Harvard Business School did a case study on it. They called it the Great Cleveland Comeback. Well, I'll do the same thing. I will convene civic leaders throughout Cuyahoga County to create the Great Cuyahoga Comeback. On the economy, Cuyahoga 2030 is focused on generating wealth that starts and stays in the urban core of this county. We'll do that with three different initiatives. First one is called 10,000 Homes for Cuyahoga County. Homeownership is the best way to create hope and fight poverty, hunger, unemployment, and crime. My program, 10,000 Homes for Cuyahoga County, is a $600 million program. $100 million from Cuyahoga County, leveraging $500 million from private sources like banks, mortgage companies, and foundations to help 10,000 families, predominantly east side and first ring families, build, buy, renovate or repair a private home. Here are the advantages to our program. First, we stabilize families in homes that they own. This is the lesson from the book, Evicted. People can't be hopping from apartment to apartment. We need to find stable housing 
where they can raise their children and get job training and get a job. We will create intergenerational wealth, something these neighbors have not seen in over a century. That's the lesson of the book, The Color of Law. When you inject wealth into a community, you attack poverty and you attack crime. And we'll make neighborhoods safer. This slide tells the story. The Buckeye Woodhill neighborhood in Cleveland, back in 2016, didn't have very many new houses being built. As you can see, the, the dark orange are high crime areas, the light uh, yellow are less high crime areas. In 2016, a lot of high crime. By 2020, and you can see the new homes that were built, there are little blue dots there, the large areas of high crime have shrunk and almost uh, gone away. And most of Buckeye Woodhill is now low crime neighborhoods because home ownership is the best way to defeat crime in the inner city and other places in Cuyahoga County. Secondly, we'll focus on job creation in the urban core of this county. I will focus the county's economic development incentives to encourage companies to stay, grow, and relocate to Cuyahoga County, as Sean Williams did earlier this year. We'll also create a $10 million urban entrepreneurship fund. When I started my business back in 2002, I could have walked into any bank in Cleveland and on my signature gotten the money I needed to start a company. That opportunity is not available to most urban entrepreneurs. So my $10 million fund, which will be managed by the United Black Fund, will help provide training and startup capital so we can grow more small businesses in Cuyahoga County. It'll build on a pilot program that I'm funding this year with Senator Sherrod Brown for the Black Fund, where we will train 100 black entrepreneurs in more resilient businesses. Through expanded private home ownership, targeted job creation, and urban entrepreneurship, we can generate wealth that starts and stays in the urban core, and we can fight unemployment, poverty, hunger, hopelessness, and crime. The second pillar is to make Cuyahoga County safer. As you know, the, the responsibility of fighting crime is mostly for the cities in the county. But the county can have a role as well. The county sheriff has deputies, about 160 of them right now. I would increase that to 250 and have them partner with local police departments to investigate major crimes. That would put more officers on the streets and neighborhoods fighting crime at the source but also importantly, letting them get to know the people in the neighborhoods to create a better relationship between our police and our communities, which to me is a very important cause. Secondly, we need to elect the county sheriff again. When I was county commissioner 25 years ago, we had a county sheriff, Jerry McFall, who as many of you know, passed this week. If you fast forward 25 years to 2018, You've seen 13 deaths in the county jail from 18 till today. I think that's because the county sheriff does not really have control of the county jail. He reports to the county executive or the county council, depending on the day of the week. In fact, the county executive appointed the jail director who reports to the sheriff, allegedly, that jail director, Ken Mills, is now in jail. So if we have a sheriff who is accountable to the people of the county, not just to the county executive, I believe he will do a better job of maintaining safe conditions in the county jail. 
I will put initiative on the ballot next year, and I will campaign for it. I believe that strongly in electing the next county sheriff. Now, speaking of the jail, I'm sure you're aware that there is talk of a $600 million jail, which could be as many as 2,000 people, defendants. The current capacity is about 1,700. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, putting too much emphasis on the jail itself and not enough on the criminal justice system. The jail is just one part of the system, which also includes centralized booking, bail reform, diversion, and treatment. If we focus on these four elements, I think we can reduce the size and cost of a jail. And then we can determine if it's right to renovate the current structures or to build a new, smaller jail that will keep our communities safe but contribute to rehabilitation and treatment as well. We have a good example just down the road in Franklin County. They're building two new jails that opened this year. Capacity, 1,000. And they're going to do everything they can through diversion and treatment and centralized booking to make sure they don't have to build a third jail. If they can do it in Franklin County, certainly we can do it in Cuyahoga County. The third element of my vision is reduce the burden of county government, and it is a burden indeed, especially when it comes to taxes. In 2020, the county raised its portion of the property tax by 25%. In 2021, I'm sure you all know this as homeowners, we saw across the board massive increases in property values. Those two things together ensure much higher property taxes for us for many years to come. I talked to a woman in Ward 1. She's 87 years old, has lived in her house since 1965. Her mortgage has long since paid off. Her concern is losing her house to rising property taxes. It shouldn't happen to her. It shouldn't happen anywhere in Cuyahoga County. And I'll make sure it doesn't. Here's how I'm going to do it. First, I will not raise the county portion of the property tax during my term as county executive. Period. End of sentence. Secondly, we will bring tax relief for seniors on fixed incomes. For those who are at least 60 years old and have less than $50,000 a year of household income, we will roll back the taxable value of their homes to the pre-2021 level. We will freeze it at that level until that home sells or otherwise transfers. Roll back and freeze. There are about 360,000 owner-occupied homes in Cuyahoga County. We believe that 70,000, one in five, will benefit from this rollback and freeze initiative. So why is this important? Well, first, we provide certainty to seniors on fixed incomes on their future property taxes. They'll know what they have to spend. At a time when inflation, as we all know, is going through the roof, that should provide comfort to seniors. Secondly, we'll we will promote Aging in place, which just means keeping seniors in their homes longer, independent longer, and that's good public policy. We'll also fight gentrification, which as you know, just happens when people who are wealthier move into poorer neighborhoods. It increases the value of homes there, which increases prices, and those who live in those neighborhoods are priced out of their own homes. 
So by freezing the value of those homes, we can have development without gentrification. We can protect the homeowners in those communities. We also need sales tax protection. In 2007, the county commissioners, myself not included, imposed a quarter percent increase in the sales tax to build the convention center and the medical mart, which is now called the Global Center for Health Innovation. It was supposed to be a 20-year tax just for that limited purpose. Well, the current administration has talked about extending that tax forever to pay for a new jail and other unspecified projects. Well, you have my commitment today. I will not extend the sales tax without a vote of the people first, period. And I've got some history here. I've got some history here. In 1995, we had in place a sin tax that helped to build what was then called Jacobs Field and Gundarina. There was a movement to extend that sin tax, which had been voted on by the people in 1990, without a vote of the people. I said, I can't do that. People voted the first time, they're going to vote on it again. So I put that tax on the ballot. The Sunday before the vote, Art Modell pulled out of Cleveland, thinking, I'm sure, if I pull out on a Sunday, they won't possibly vote for a tax extension on Tuesday. Well, Tuesday came, and it passed by a margin of 72%, the biggest margin in Cuyahoga County history to that time of any tax. We used that as evidence to go to the, the NFL and have them bring back football to Cleveland, which, of course, they did in 1999. You see, when you put your faith in the people of this county, they do the right thing. We must get Cuyahoga County out of private sector businesses. There is a movement right now, a discussion of spending $46 million at the Medical Mart, the Global Center, which is empty, to add escalators and a ballroom. Now, there are within 100 yards of the Medical Mart five perfectly good ballrooms, the Renaissance, the Marriott, the Westin, Hilton, which we own, and the Convention Center. I could not possibly support spending $46 million on that project. I will also work to sell the Global Center and the Hilton Hotel. These projects were promised to be profit-making for the county. In this year's general fund, which is $515 million, fully $50 million, 10% is debt service on those two buildings. That's not money available for children who've been abused, seniors who are neglected, families in crisis, people who are addicted. We are bailing out these two buildings, and I will do my very best to sell them when I am county executive. I will also pull the plug on the so-called microgrid project. If Cuyahoga County cannot profitably own a hotel, an exhibition hall, how could they possibly manage energy generation and energy transmission? The answer is they can't, and they won't when I am county executive. The fourth pillar, make Cuyahoga County work better for its citizens. President Jimmy Carter once said, the proper function of government is to make it easy for people to do good 
and difficult for them to do evil. As county executive, I will reduce by $50 million a year the administrative and overhead costs of our county government. I'll do it through voluntary early retirement, through innovation, and replacing political hiring with competent hiring. This will create more funding for my initiatives like the 10,000 Homes Project we talked about earlier. In 2009, before our new county government came into effect, retired chairman and CEO of Eaton Corporation, Sandy Cutler, convened a group of civic leaders to see how the county could save money but still deliver its, uh, its uh, critical services. They found $70 million in annual savings. The new county government didn't take any of their ideas and didn't realize any of the savings. I will appoint a modern-day brains trust and revisit the Cutler Committee recommendations as a way to move toward my goal of reducing county administrative spending by at least $50 million. I'll improve services for our citizens by relying more on nonprofit organizations. I've talked to many during my time on the campaign trail this year, one of which is Providence House. As you might know, it's a crisis nursery. Last year, they served 400 families in crisis, but turned away 400 families in crisis. When I'm executive, I will fund programs like Providence House. I'll make county government honest and transparent. Pursue corruption to the fullest extent that I can. I'll put online every county contract, every expenditure, and every worker's salary so you know how your precious tax dollars are being spent. And I'll respond quickly to public records requests. Information that we hold is your information, and you'll get it fast from my administration. I'll expand minority contracting opportunities. The current standard is 5% in county contracting. I'll go to 10% on the first day. And then, hopefully, we'll get to 20%. <laughs> Cuyahoga County, County is 30% minority and 51% women. Less than 1% of our contracting goes to minority and, and, and women-owned firms. That is a travesty, and I will change it when I am county executive. As Jimmy Carter said, I'll make it easy for people to do good and hard for them to do evil. Well, it's been a long time since I was county commissioner, 25 years to be exact. It is great to be back on the campaign trail. I started my campaign a year ago so I could talk to the voters of Cuyahoga County, and I've talked to thousands of them the last year. There's a real desire for change in government. We saw that in last year's race for Cleveland mayor. I feel the same thing is happening in the, in the race this year for county executive. I'll be out and about, because the campaign doesn't end on November 8th. I'll be the public county executive that you can call if you have a, a challenge. I'll be there for you. I had the great fortune to serve the public at a very young age. I was 28 when I was county commissioner. I've lived the American dream since then. I started a business and live in relative comfort in a home that I own. I'm happily married for 28 years. And our children have the opportunity to do more than their parents did. At an early age, I learned from my parents, who are here today, mom and dad, please stand up. <laughs> I 
I learned that if you see a problem that you think you can fix, it's your responsibility to try and fix it. That's why I'm running, to fix Cuyahoga County. I'm running for county executives so more of our fellow citizens will have the right and opportunity to live the American dream as I have. More owning their own homes, more working in jobs and starting businesses that bring them satisfaction and economic freedom, more feeling safe in their communities, more believing their government is working for them. To paraphrase a president from the 1970s, Cuyahoga County cannot be a great place to live for some of us until it's a great place to live for all of us. In 1997, I left Cuyahoga County financially secure and on the rise. We were adding jobs and adding people, and we were by far the biggest county in Ohio. The last 25 years under single-party administration have seen a steady decline in population and jobs and second county status for Cuyahoga and Ohio. We are beset by corruption in our county government. The flame of Cuyahoga County burns low today. Yet I am optimistic that our best days are ahead of us. And here's why. We have all the ingredients we need to be successful again in Cuyahoga County. We have hardworking citizens, historic excellence in manufacturing and technology, and abundant natural resources, and a nearly bottomless well of hope and optimism. We lack only for visionary, vigorous, and competent government. It's Cleveland against the world, after all. If we focus the county's resources on its citizens once again, we will reignite the flame and will make Cuyahoga County a great place to live for all of us. Thank you. We're about to begin the audience Q&A. We welcome questions from everyone, City Club members, guests, and those of you joining us via live stream at cityclub.org. If you are here in person, please raise your hand and remain seated until a staff member indicates that it's your turn to step up to the microphone. Our live stream viewers can tweet questions at the City Club or text them to 330-541 five seven nine four that's three three zero five four one five seven nine four and our staff will try to work it into the program may we have our first question please mr barris highly um you mentioned it in your remarks today and on your website it's one of the approximately 12 or so bullet point achievements that you highlight your role in bringing the browns back to Cleveland. Um, it may not be the most significant in terms of the well-being of Cuyahoga County's future, but the timely topic of the day is what are your thoughts about the Browns' recent decision to uh, hire a quarterback at a, a, a Brinks truck full of money uh, with all of the baggage and allegations about his uh, misconduct dragging behind him. I know I'm betting you're a, been a very strong Browns fan for quite some time, also a, uh, a husband, a father. 
What are your thoughts about uh, what the Browns have done? Will it affect your attitude and support for the team? So I'm an old quarterback, Tom. Uh, I played in high school a little bit in college. I'm also a lifelong Browns fan, which means that I'm an optimist by nature. Things will always be better next year than they are right now. Um, it's a difficult time in Cleveland. Uh, I'm hopeful that the allegations are untrue. The criminal charges have been dismissed, which is certainly a good sign. Uh, but I'm hopeful that you know, we will see the same thing happen in these civil lawsuits and the Browns will win again. I really want to see a winning team this year on the field. You know, unlike uh, Progressive Field and Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, which are owned jointly by the city and county through the Gateway Corporation, Brown Stadium is owned by the city of Cleveland, something, in fact, I did back in 1996. Worked with my county administrator, uh, Tom Hayes, to ensure that the city owned Brown Stadium, not the county. So if the Browns have uh, needs at the stadium, I'm sure they will come to the city first and then come to the county. That will be in a couple of years, and I'm hoping by then we'll have at least two Super Bowl rings on our fingers. Can you please speak about uh, water and sewer rates? Because uh, a lot of poor people are getting hit by all these ridiculous water and sewer rates. And Northeast Ohio Sewer District is perceived to be sewer literally and figuratively where a lot of Democratic Party corruption still exists. And uh, the county does have a say in who sits on the board of that district. Indeed, the county executive appoints some members to the uh, sewer district board. We are right now under a consent decree from the federal government because many years went by without any changes, uh, improvements to our sewer system. It's very expensive for people these days. The sewer rates have gone up. This is one reason that I'm promoting property tax relief, particularly for senior citizens. So if I can hold down the line on their property taxes, if there are slight increases in their sewer bills, that could help offset that. Um, I'll work with the sewer district when I'm county executive to see what we can do to minimize the cost, particularly on people on fixed incomes when it comes to meeting the, the requirements of the consent decree. Hi, uh, Earl Pike, a resident of the city of Cleveland, and I work in Slavic Village. Uh, we just elected a new mayor in Cleveland. I'm curious about how you plan to work with Mayor Bibb and elected officials in Columbus to get things done on behalf of Cuyahoga Thank County. You. Yeah. So, I've known Justin Bibb a very long time. He was a summer associate in my firm in 2007. So we've been co-workers before. Uh, I supported Justin last year, early on in his campaign. Um, he's got big plans, I think, in his career. And my plans are to be county executive for two terms. So I want to work closely with Justin and the city of Cleveland because, as it turns out, most of the challenges in Cuyahoga County are centered in the city of Cleveland, which makes up about a third of the population of the county. So I'll work closely with Mayor Bibb on my 10,000 Homes Initiative, on urban entrepreneurship, on growing uh, jobs again in the urban core, which is the city of Cleveland, of course. Um, we haven't seen the mayor and the county executive, or even back to the county commissioners, have much of a relationship for a very long time. In fact, the last time was probably when Tim Hagan and I were county commissioners and Mike White was the mayor of Cleveland. We worked together, as I mentioned, to bring the Browns back to Cleveland. The last 25 years, it's been trains on parallel tracks. And what have we gotten? Fewer people, fewer jobs, second county status in Ohio. So I look forward to working with Mayor Bibb. As to the General Assembly, I guess there's one advantage of being a Republican in this race. 
I know the General Assembly and Governor DeWine's been a friend of mine for at least 25 years. So I think I can go to Columbus and work with them, with Jack Schron and Nan Baker who are here today, our county council members, to bring back more of our fair share of budget funding, both operating and capital. Because I don't think probably we get our fair share right now in Cuyahoga County. So I'll use my Republican credentials and my lobbyist credentials to go to Columbus and bring back more money for projects here in Cuyahoga County. Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Weingart. Uh, so you and I, we up until this moment, we've had some very good conversations. Uh, as you know, I'm a barber, and I've expressed to you in our conversations in the past that I go to the juvenile detention center twice a month to cut those young boys' hair. Um, and I've been doing it for at least 10 years now. I've watched them come in at age 12, come back at 14, 16, and then eventually they, they, they end up going to prison. And one of the reasons that I've decided to back you is because of the diversion program that you uh, said that you wanted to do versus not spending $600 million on a new jail. You know, I came up through the juvenile system. I've been at the county jail and several other jails. Um, so that's no secret. I, I spoke to you about that. So I definitely would like to see some type of diversion programs in place. And if you could speak a little bit about that. Sure. Well, certainly in the adult uh, corrections area, we need diversion and treatment. We, we need it for uh, youth as well, juvenile. In Cuyahoga County, at age 14, you are bound over to the adult prison system. I think we need to work with children at a much earlier age, and I believe that my initiatives to bring wealth to the urban core of Cuyahoga County that starts and stays in the urban core can help to do that. We know that home ownership is important because it helps a family stabilize itself in a neighborhood so parents can focus on their children, on their education, and where they're going at night. So I hope that those initiatives will contribute uh, at least indirectly and maybe even directly to a better environment in the urban core for children. They'll be less likely, I hope, to uh, commit crimes. People who own homes and have jobs tend not to commit crimes. So if we can bring wealth, opportunity, and hope back to the urban core of Cuyahoga County, I think we can start at the root and prevent those crimes from happening in the first place. Good afternoon, Alyssa Bowles, local attorney. I also do a lot of work in juvenile court, and that was the first half of my original question. There's a lot of people that ask, what more can we do for diversion with juveniles? But I would ask also, what do you tell the people that say the juveniles get too much forgiveness, that they're out here running free and re-victimizing folks in the community? And then um, also, I do a lot of guardian ad litem work specifically in uh, private custody cases as well. And for those who don't know, if you have kids but you're not married, your custody stuff is in juvenile court, whereas if you're, if you're married, it would be in domestic relations court. And a tragedy that I see is it's months and months between pretrials. You might have a parent that's been alienated from their child, and they don't get their case resolved for a year. And with COVID, there's been some open for more than one year. So yeah. I was wondering how you feel generally about um, funding juvenile court and how you would allocate that. So we need to expedite trials, both at the adult level and the juvenile level. Uh, people sitting at the county jail or juvenile detention facility for months on end waiting for their trial is not right. It's not even constitutional. So I would put funds behind uh, increasing and expediting 
the uh, trial process at the juvenile level and the adult level, there are some unfortunately dangerous kids out there and they are in the juvenile facility. But I want to limit the number of, of those who are in the facility to those who are really truly dangerous. Those who can be rehabilitated or treated ought to be rehabilitated and treated. So by shrinking the administrative cost of county government, I'll have more money to invest in programs like diversion, treatment, rehabilitation. We have a question here from a Twitter listener. Due to sprawl development, over 60% of jobs in Cuyahoga County aren't transit accessible. In Cleveland, 25% of households don't have access to a car. Public transit is a lifeline to get to jobs, groceries, doctors, and all of life. How will you support public transit? Well, we appoint members to the RTA board. Uh, and I think we need to look at some ideas around public transit. There's been discussion of making RTA free. I'm not quite there yet, but we can certainly reduce the cost of RTA. It's currently $2.50 to ride. I could see us taking it down to a dollar to ride, making it more accessible that way. But really, the jobs are the jobs need to be centralized in the urban core of Cuyahoga County. So, as I said earlier, my vision is to incentivize companies like Sherwin Williams, for example, or MCPC or Dealer Tire, which are in the urban core of Cuyahoga County, to expand. We need to encourage companies that don't require a college degree for their workers to put their new jobs in Cuyahoga County. So as a business guy who knows most of the business community in Cuyahoga County, I'll reach out to my contacts and try and convince them to bring jobs back to the city of Cleveland, particularly neighborhoods like the Midtown Corridor, Glenville, Fairfax, Mount Pleasant. If we can create opportunities in those neighborhoods, we won't need to rely quite as much on bus service. Buenas tardes, señor Weingart. Buenas tardes. Una pregunta de parte de nuestra comunidad latina. I'm going to say this in Spanish and I'll translate it for you. Sí. Queremos saber qué vas a hacer debajo su nueva administración en la comunidad latina de Cleveland. We're asking you, what would you do to support better our Hispanic community in Cleveland? It's a great question. When I was county commissioner, we had a guy called Adrian Maldonado who ran our procurement department. He would, but he was really a lifeline for the county to the Hispanic community in greater Cleveland. I think we need to reach out to Latino Americans, particularly on the near west side, and get more of them registered to vote. Because your voice isn't heard until you vote. So that's the first thing. Second thing is I will have representation in my cabinet as county executive from the Latino American community. I guarantee you that. Third, as I discussed earlier, we need to grow the pie and make sure that more minority contractors, black, Latino, veteran, disabled, and women have opportunities to do county contracting. Adrian, who I mentioned earlier, ran procurement for Cuyahoga County. He now has a business and he's doing really well because he's a good businessman who happens to be a Latino American. But we need to focus opportunities in those communities. We have, I believe in county government, a special obligation and opportunity to grow small businesses, Latino, black, women-owned businesses. That's how you generate wealth that starts and stays in the urban core of Cuyahoga County. Hi, Lee. Rick Singer, uh, Brooklyn School Board member. Lee, uh, we've lived under the uh, one-party rule for far too long. There are more Democrats registered in Cuyahoga County than Republicans. 
You're running as a Republican. What's your game plan, sir, for <laughs> winning this election? Well, I started early. I started more than a year before the election. I started in February of 2021 so I could get out and get my message to the people. I'm not running on a party label. I'm a Republican, yes, and I'm very proud of that. I'm running a campaign of ideas, not ideology. And if it came down to ideas, I know I win the race. But it doesn't sometimes. So I've got to spend a lot of time talking to people, explaining what I want to do, as I have done with you here today. I mentioned earlier, there is great dissatisfaction in the community. Every two years, people vote Democratic, and nothing happens better two years later. So I've said, give me a shot. I've been out for 25 years. I've given you my ideas. I'm going to do these things when I become county executive. So I think through the power of ideas, my hard work, a few bucks on the side, we have a good chance to win this race. It's going to be a Republican year. At least it looks like it right now at the national level. That should translate down to the local level to help people like me get elected. But I'm not relying on that. I'm relying on a strong campaign team, many of you whom are here today and help make this happen for us, and my ideas. I'll win the battle of ideas and I'll become the next county executive. Hi, Lee. My name is Roy Poyan. I'm the founder of Families Impacted by Opioids. My question is two-part, if I may. First, to the audience, get ready to raise your hand. How many people here have experienced or understand that somebody in your life or at a distance from you has been impacted by the drug epidemic? Please show your hands freely. Thank you. Okay. That's about right. Maybe even a little more. I'd like to put our focus not on the entirety of the drug epidemic because it's too complex. Instead, I'd like to focus on after treatment center because that's where the community becomes involved and that's where our families are getting crushed. And that's an area that we can do something about. And I believe that our administration from the county can actually help us to collaborate and coordinate. But we're not really focused either in dollars, time, or structure, certainly not process or curriculum to educate those that need to be educated about recovery. And I'd like to just have a quick dialogue, if we could, about what the opportunities are in our county to create a center of excellence surrounding the subject matter of recovery. Because in relapse, six, five, four times, it's destroying us. Yes. And we could do something about it by working together. If you would agree to have a council of thought, a committee, and then we can put together that collaboration. That's what we're looking for from families impacted by opioids. Thank you. I agree. I also think we can do something uh, immediately. The county has gotten hundreds of millions of dollars, at least 100 million in opioid settlements over the years. And I think there's tens of millions of dollars sitting unspent right now. The Adams Board, Dr. Goldstein is here today, who's the chair of the Adams Board, knows this. We need to do a better job of deploying those opioid settlement resources in the community, helping people who are addicted, but to your point, in the after addiction process. So I am very much open to making Cuyahoga County a center of excellence in something. Certainly in post-addiction would be great. So I'm happy to talk to you afterwards and take a meeting to discuss it. Good afternoon, Lee. Reverend, how are you? Doing great. 
Um, I know you're a person to get things done, having worked with you in the past. And one major issue is that on major construction projects, such as with the Sherwin-Williams project on Public Square, we've always uh, demanded a seat at the table to be a part of major construction projects. And having been on the board of NAACP and different boards, I've always been in pastoring and so forth and running my own business. I've always been really focused on uh, getting people involved in fairness. On these major construction projects that are already slated to uh, take place, uh, the Browns Stadium and uh, uh, all the renovations at other uh, complexes, what can you do or what will you do to ensure that black contractors get their fair share? So um, I can certainly speak to what the county, what I'll do. Right now in the county contracting process, um, as I mentioned, there's a 5% set-aside requirement in every RFP that's issued for a contract. It also says in that RFP, if you make a good faith effort to find a minority partner and you can't find one, you're exempted from the 5% minority partner requirement. So they don't ever audit what good faith effort means and less than 1% of contracts go to minority contractors. So I mentioned from day one, I go to 10% minimum and I eliminate the good faith effort. It's, <laughs> this is the Yoda rule. There is no try, there is just do. It's pass, fail. No partner, no contract. And I hope that that standard would be an example for other construction projects in Cuyahoga County. I would note that two uh, recent projects, the improvements at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse uh, and the um, uh, casino were both done with more than the minimum expectations on minority contracting. So there is a model in the private sector to involve minority contractors in major construction projects. Hello, I'm Mark Philippel, a resident of Shaker Heights and a fellow graduate of DePaul University. Uh, <laughs> We're everywhere. Go, go, go Tigers. Um, every time I drive through East Cleveland, I get depressed because that once very vibrant community with Neela Park and all, is just falling on its knees. I mean, they, they can't afford to pay the policemen, the firemen fix the streets. The, the real underpinnings of East Cleveland have been rocked. Uh, yet they resist any efforts to consolidate into Cleveland. To, I mean, the this, this state's gotten involved. What can you do, or what would you do uh, if elected, to try to help East Cleveland either rehabilitate or consolidate or uh, restructure or something so that those citizens get the kind of government they deserve? I've got a plan for East Cleveland. Now, East Cleveland is adjacent to University Circle, as probably most of you know. Fifteen years have gone by there with very little input from University Circle on East Cleveland. Fifteen years wasted trying to help East Cleveland come back. I will not require East Cleveland or even ask them to be joined into Cleveland or Cleveland Heights. I think we can make East Cleveland a development wonderland. It's three square miles and 11,000 people. If we eliminate income taxes in East Cleveland and the county picks up the burden of policing in East Cleveland, we can, through all of the open properties that are in East Cleveland, encourage home development, private home development, 
and focus our resources on economic development in East Cleveland. East Cleveland has the one thing no one else has, proximity to University Circle, to the hospitals, to the university, to cultural institutions. They're not leveraging that proximity. I want to help them do it as county executive. I will not write off East Cleveland. If I do nothing else, if I do nothing else as county executive, I will do my darndest to make sure that East Cleveland brings itself back to the greatness that it had in the 1950s and 1960s. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Lon Cherie Billingsley. I am an attorney with the law offices of Tyresha Brown O'Neill, and I have a question for you. I have listened to your four-part plan, and I think it's awesome. I also think it's awesome that you are not writing off East Cleveland. They also hold a very near their heart to me. However, I think you went over your track record in working across the aisle um, down in Columbus, went over your track record in working across the aisle and working with the city. However, right now we have a county council that has been working for however many years. How do you anticipate to get their buy-in for the plan and get their cooperation for the plan, which I think is a great plan, but how do you, I guess, disabuse them of their aspirations of grandeur with these other plans that they had? And so that's, that's my question. That's my curiosity. Thank you. So I designed Cairo 2030 to be a plan for everyone, not a Republican plan, not a Democratic plan, not liberal, not conservative. Who could be opposed to expanding private home ownership to fight crime and return hope to the urban core? Who could be opposed to giving senior citizens on fixed incomes a tax break? Who could be opposed to putting the county back on the rails, focusing on the services that we should be delivering to our citizens? Nobody. And I'm sure county council will agree, because I hope they will. And I'll work with county council. I've worked across the aisle for 20 years in Washington, D.C., in Columbus, and some other states. I can do it with county council. You know, it's not really about being Republican or Democrat. A good county executive has experience. I've got that as a former county commissioner. A vision, and I showed you that today in my presentation. A backbone, someone who will enforce the rules against everyone equally. And honesty, and I hope I've demonstrated over my life that I'm honest and transparent and open. So I will look forward to working with county council. In fact, when I win on November 8th, my first call will be to the county council president to grab coffee the next day. <laughs> Mr. Ward. How you doing, Lee? So Lee, I didn't had the pleasure of uh, having a lot of conversation with you. You was also very instrumental with uh, broken a relationship with County Land Bank and the Cleveland Foundation so that I could do these transitional houses. But I don't know if you're aware of collateral sanctions? No. Good. <laughs> so it's a perfect time. There might be a lot of others <laughs> that don't know. So after we structured this transitional house, because I don't work with juveniles, adults, right, coming home, um, I ended up paying for three people, including myself, to be able to get the license to be able to uh, open up a transitional house. And after I paid for these three people, two which was formerly incarcerated, myself, I committed a crime when I was 18 years old. Uh, I've been home 30, 
three years without incident, right? And um, and out of the three people that we uh, took the uh, certification training and all that, at the end, they said that two of us, including myself, because of a felony conviction, couldn't have a license for transit house in their name. As I started doing this investigation, I realized there's over 600 collateral sanctions that impede people with lived experience from being able to obtain licenses, certifications, and also uh, higher job opportunities. But I wasn't waiting on you, Lee, right? Because in May, May 22nd, we've taken about 300 individuals across Cuyahoga County and the rest of the state of Ohio to Columbus for a lobby day to talk about the removal of those collateral sanctions. My question to you is, now that you know about collateral sanctions, how do you feel about it? Save and would you me, support it? Save me a seat on the bus, Fred. I'll be there. So I think the larger question is expungement. So the back end of criminal justice reform is people who pay the debt to society. They're coming out of prison or, or jail. They can't find housing because you can't get a Section 8 voucher and no landlord's going to rent to you. You can't get food stamps. You can't get job training. So you end up back on the street committing another crime. I think we need to expedite the expungement process in Cuyahoga County and in Ohio and in America, for that matter. A guy like Fred Ward, who's been out 35 years, the fact that he has to even think about waiting for a license or some other certification is wrong. You pay your debt to society. When you're working to improve society, as Fred has done for three decades, we should make it easy for you. Let's have an expungement court in Cuyahoga County to match the Veterans Court and the Drug Court so that people who've paid their debt can be integrated back into our society. Today at the City Club, we've been listening to the second of three forums leading up to the 2022 primary elections featuring candidates for Cuyahoga County Executive. Tomorrow, March 24th, the City Club will host the remaining Cuyahoga County Executive candidate, Tariq Shabazz. Tickets are still available at cityclub.org. And on Friday, March 25th, we will welcome Robert Blue, Chair, President, and Chief Executive Officer of Dominion Energy. We will learn how this legacy energy company plans to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Tickets are sold out for this forum, but you can still join us via live stream or on the radio at 90.3 IdeaStream Public Media. Which reminds me, be sure to mark your calendars. The City Club's primary media partner, IdeaStream Public Media, is moving all their news and information programming from WCPN 90.3 FM to WKSU 89.7 FM. So starting Friday, April 1st, you will find our live Friday Forum broadcast on 89.7 FM, and it will be starting 30 minutes earlier at 12 noon. You can learn more about this change as well as other upcoming forums at cityclub.org. And that brings us to the end of today's forum. Thank you, Lee Weingart, and thank you, members and friends of the City Club. I'm Will Tarter, and this forum is now adjourned.